Greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention, and this podcast is brought to you by the generous donors to the We the People Convention, and we thank them for their support. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, welcome. We appreciate you, uh, you know, taking a look. We'll do our best to uh, inform you and and give you an action plan. This program uh, is designed to focus on the news that affects you directly. Okay, we're trying to filter out all the propaganda, you know, things that don't matter. Okay, and and look at what affects our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and then we take action in defense of that. And you'll see that throughout the podcast. So we're not just about talk; we're about action. And we're glad you've joined us because the more people who watch this podcast, the more action we can take, the more effective we can be. We have a national footprint. We have members of, in every state in the union, and uh, and our members are are people who will work hard to defend not just their individual liberty, freedom, and prosperity, but that of every American and defend our Constitution and our, our American way of life. Uh, that's basically what we're, we're focused on, all of which are under assault right now. So I'm going to get to going with the show. We always open the show, at least since January 6th of this year, with uh, uh, prayers for our uh Political prisoners that are being held in the D.C. jails uh, unconstitutionally, illegally, uh, their human rights are being violated. And uh, for those of you who are unaware, there's a, a website you can go to called PatriotMailProject.com, PatriotMailProject.com. And at that website, you can uh, find out the uh, the mailing address for each prisoner. You have to have their prison ID number, and you have to... Uh, uh, and then you can, you know, send them a letter of encouragement. We've been doing that for months now. I've been getting copies of letters the prisoners have sent back to us. They're very appreciative of, of our support. Um, and then, you know, basically on that same project mail project, uh, patriotmailproject.com, you can, uh, at patriotmailproject.com find the donate links to help them pay for their lawyers, uh, you know, their, help their families survive because these people have been incarcerated without any charges being filed, without any due process, any trial for almost 11 months now. There's like 50 or so in the D.C. jails, 55. There's hundreds have been charged. Fortunately, most of them are at home and, and are not in, in jail. They're, you know, they're, they're you know, going to have to have a trial later. But the bottom line is the people who are in prison, their families are suffering you know, horribly, uh, and they've lost their, their jobs, their income. And so if you donate at PatriotMailProject.com, you will help them out. Nan and I have done that. The We The People Convention has done that. I know that many of you have done that. Again, why do we care? What does this have to do with you? Well, if they can do this to these people who are being charged with trespassing, some of these people haven't even gone, didn't even go into the Capitol building, right? Others were let in by police. There's videos with the police saying, come on in, and they're being charged with felonies of parading in the Capitol, right? And as you'll see, the injustice we're going to describe in this program and the dual justice system, we care about them 
because but for the grace of God go I. They can do this to any one of us, and we can't allow them to do it to any of us. And that's why you must stand and fight for the you know January 6th political prisoners. We want them released, and we want to bring justice upon the people in the, the prison system and in the court system and in Congress who, who basically have orchestrated this illegal activity. So let's just take 30 seconds and say a prayer for the prisoners to give them strength and courage to stand strong in their circumstances, which are very difficult, and I'll tell you about that in a second, for their families who are just you know struggling to survive without knowing their future, and for their lawyers who must you know keep fighting for them to get them released, to get them justice, okay? Let's just take a second and say a quick prayer. All right. Now, I had said last week that um, I was going to be talking to uh, Jake Lang, who is one of the prisoners there. Uh, I had been in, put in touch with his father uh, through the um, Look Ahead America organization that we worked together with to put on the J uh, Justice for J6 rally in D.C. a couple months back. And um, I was talking to Jake's father, Ned, and then he said, hey, you know, Jake's allowed to make phone calls, so he, he wants to talk to you. So it was pretty interesting because, you know, we did have two conversations this week. The first one was just to, you know, talk about, you know, what we're doing and how we can help them. The second one, Jake actually interviewed me for his podcast. So he's in prison in the D.C. jails. He gets to make 15-minute phone calls, and they're timed, and, you know, it, it, there's these messages that come on. But he, he basically does a 15-minute podcast, and you can listen to his podcast uh, on Apple uh, Podcasts, on, on the Macs or on, on Internet. Just search on Apple Podcasts and search on Jake Lang, Political Prisoner, and you'll find a couple of podcasts he's done, and I did the most recent one. And... Um, and you can kind of, you know, hear what he's interested and he talks a little bit about how, you know, they don't have news and all that. What was interesting to me this week talking to Jake is that they're going to launch a website called um, j6truth.com, j6truth.com. It's not up yet. He told me they were trying to get it up this week, but he didn't think they would. But what's interesting is Jake Lang is telling me that they, the prisoners, have videos that show FBI informants in the crowd that show police brutality on them. Jake said he was shot in the foot and clubbed in the head by the police. And he didn't do anything wrong, in his opinion. Okay? so And he says he's got video evidence of that. So they're going to post these videos on their website, okay, which will be very interesting. And, and, and then once that's available, I'll make it available to you and... and I think we're going to see some things that the media or that the government doesn't want us to see. And as a follow-up to that, it was interesting. So I talked to Jake uh, you know, on Tuesday and Thursday. And then um, on, on uh, Thursday afternoon, this story comes out. And it's one of the defendants 
Uh, a January 6th defendant has moved for the U.S. government to release Capitol Hill footage that purportedly reveals police brutality and the activities of four suspected undercover agent provocateurs. Okay. Ryan Nichols, a 30-year-old Texas man who served in the U.S. Marine Corps, said in a December 1st motion that footage deemed sensitive by the Department of Justice, in fact, contains exonerating evidence for him and other J6 defendants. Nichols has been jailed in the Washington, D.C. prisons since January 18th on numerous charges, including civil disorder, disorderly conduct, unlawful possessions of a dangerous weapon on the Capitol grounds. Investigative reports and congressional hearings have claimed that undercover law enforcement agents may have participated in the January 6th riots, but the December 1 filing marks the first time that such allegations have been made in a court records against specific people, according to Nichols' attorney, Joseph McBride. We have more than good faith basis to make these allegations, McBride told the Epoch Times. We don't have conclusive findings, but this is based on months of investigation. This is a call for answers. The footage shows the activities of four suspected government agents who were instigating the crowd, including him, during the January 6th riots. So, you know, I think there's something to, to back up uh, Jake Lang's, you know, statement to me. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because, again, you know, the FBI, we know they lie. You know, Russia, 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 Comey, McCabe, you know, struck all those people. We're liars. We know that for a fact, okay? So why would you expect them to be telling the truth about the January 6th situation? I said to all of you, and you can go back to my podcast on January 10th or whatever it was after the January 6th, you know, event. I said, we, this is, you know, we are going to prove that this was instigated and it was the, uh, it was the, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Capitol Police, they knew what they were doing. They wanted it to happen. We're going to prove that. Just like we proved Fast and Furious, just like we proved the targeting of the Tea Party by the IRS, just like we proved Benghazi, just like we proved Russia, 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 just like we proved, you know, Hillary's emails, just like we proved all of this. Okay? It takes time, but we're going to prove that this was a setup and the real guilty people are are the DC police. You know the the uh, the guy that sh- murdered Ashley Babbitt. Those are the people who need to be brought to justice. And God willing, we will bring them to justice. All right, moving on to the news of the week that affects you. Things that are important. This is a big deal, folks. Huge news: court blocks Biden illegal vax mandates for healthcare workers and contractors. So we have been talking for several weeks about the uh, fact that the courts have been ruling against Biden just on everything, right? Uh, we had the the, the uh, idea of using OSHA to make companies with over 100 employees uh, get you know, make their employees get vaccinated. That's now been stayed by the courts, and we believe strongly that that's not going to survive. You know, we've seen you know the overturning of the illegal immigration, the drilling on federal lands, and now this huge decision about the vax mandates for healthcare workers and contractors. The federal judge on Tuesday issued a preliminary injunction temporarily halting the Biden administration's coronavirus vaccine mandate for healthcare workers and employees of federal contractors and in Ohio and a number of states. U.S. District Judge Terry Dottie of the Western District of Louisiana issued an order holding up President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers uh, where the mandate wasn't already blocked by a separate court injunction released on Monday. So there were two 
court injunctions in two different cases. And just like the OSHA one, which has now been brought under the Sixth District Court of Appeals, you know, uh, they're probably going to do the same thing with this, bring all these suits into one court and then and rule on it. Um, meanwhile, U.S. Court Judge Jeffrey Van Tenehove of the Eastern District of Kentucky, in his order, found that President Joe Biden exceeded his authority by issuing the vaccine mandate for uh, federal contractors in Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So this was big news because many of you were writing to me and, and said, I'm going to be fired here in a couple of days if this doesn't you know, get stopped. All right. And so uh, we had uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance put out a release here in Ohio. Area hospitals and companies that have mandated the COVID-19 vaccine as terms of employment are putting on hold on the vaccine mandate in response to the federal court decisions Tuesday. Cleveland Clinic and University Hospitals have reversed their employee COVID-19 vaccination mandates and will allow unvaccinated caregivers to keep their jobs after the federal order was blocked earlier this week by the courts, officials said in statements Thursday. Both Cleveland Clinic and UH previously announced they would comply with the new federal rule that required healthcare facilities to mandate vaccinations or risk losing Center for Medical and Medicaid Services funding. Uh, in addition, UH officials say they changed course in light of the federal court injunction issued November 30th. Um, a Cleveland spokesman, uh, clinic spoke said late Thursday, statement that unvaccinated employees who provide direct clinical care will be tested for COVID periodically. So bottom line is the healthcare workers who are not vaccinated, many of whom have natural immunity, which the Biden administration and the, and the Fauci and the FDA and these guys are, are you know, are not acknowledging, are now able to continue to keep their jobs and treat people. And here's the bottom line, folks. This was all madness anyway, because it's clear that people who are vaccinated can also give you COVID, just as people who are unvaccinated can, okay? And so there was no reason to force these people to get vaccinated because it wouldn't help the safety of the patients in the hospital, okay? So um, we're glad it got stayed. We're glad that you're keeping your jobs. If you're having any problems, you know, with your employer, you need to, you know, make them aware of that story, okay? Because you can, you know, just go, go to wethepeopleconvention.org, hit the share button. You can email a link to this story or text it to anybody you want. So please do that, okay? Especially somebody you know that works in a hospital or healthcare facility. The key ingredient in that thing, though, was that the clinic... And the University Hospital said they, they were putting the mandate in place that because they would lose funding. And, and this is the key thing you got to understand. What the government is doing and has done since the beginning of COVID is they have worked around the law and our constitutional rights, right? The, the, our rights to decide you know, what we take for medicine. They've said, oh, we don't have the constitutional right to do this, but we're going to economically attack your employer to force them to do it. See what happens? That's tyranny. That's disgusting. We need to legislate against that, and they're doing that. Like in Ohio, when they just passed this bill about essential companies and things like that. Because, but that's what they're doing. And what we found with the OSHA thing was the reason that all these companies were forcing the mandate is we suddenly saw... How many companies, big and small, have government contracts? And so they were in a spot where I could either lose these workers and, and maybe go out of business, 
or I can lose this 20, 30, 40, 50% of our income and go out of business. But I, 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 there's no way for me to get through this until the courts interceded and said, no, the OSHA can't do this. You don't have to force those people to get a vaccine and they shouldn't. Okay, we're going to talk about why. Here's one reason why. Okay, this uh, story is a video on our website where a cardiologist, you know, from England talks about a direct study that now proves that there's a heart, heart disease link to the vaccinations, not to COVID, to the vaccinations. There is now a, a direct link. We've been hearing anecdotally about the swelling of hearts. We've had young people dying from heart problems, particularly athletes who are really in good shape. And now they've figured out, they've done some testing, and, they, and they've and they done it. You can watch this video at wepeopleconvention.org. But the important part of that story is this doctor goes on the air and says that the study is complete, but the people who did it are afraid to publish it because they're afraid they're going to lose their government funding. Okay? That's the key thing. So he's coming out and saying what their study says just to get it out there. But it's, it's tyranny. We're going to defund you. We're going to fire you. We're going to close your company. We're going to take your job if you don't do what we say. We must fight tyranny. And I showed you the video last week of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people across Europe, across the globe who are fighting this tyranny and saying, no, you're not going to force me to take this drug that I don't want. Okay, and and I'll tell you. Let me just jump into another thing. Well, well let, let me this put this over too. So then, I I ran across uh, Dennis Prager had John F. Kennedy Jr. on his program talking about his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and I was stunned. I just kind of was you know, driving around and tuned in the radio, and Dennis Prager was on, and and I was surprised by how overwhelmed Dennis Prager was. With this book, I mean, he was, I mean, Dennis Craiger is a very wise guy, very smart, very intelligent. And, you know, and he's been really tracking this COVID thing very carefully. And I was shocked by how much he was talking about how important this book was. So then I found uh, a video where Tucker Carlson interviewed John F. Kennedy Jr. Like in middle of November, like November 15th. I missed it completely. Okay. I posted this video. You gotta watch this. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org and watch this. Now, John F. Kennedy has something wrong with his voice. I don't know what the medical issue is. So, Tucker actually says at the beginning of this video, it's hard to listen to him, but keep listening. You'll, it'll get better. You'll, your, your mind will help. You'll, you'll be able to hear what he says and listen. What this guy is, is accusing Fauci of doing John F. Kennedy Jr. in this book, absolutely, if it's true, and it is so well documented, it's hard to question it, that this is the biggest scandal maybe in, a, in, in the history of the world because he goes back and talks about Big Pharma and Fauci and Gates and all these guys. And if, like, for instance, let me just give you this. So, He's talking to Tucker about 
how like 80% of Americans now have some sort of congenital illness, obesity, uh, uh, um, uh, allergies to, to peanut butter, to Teflon, to your know, rubber balloons, to whatever it is. Uh, you know, people have, uh, you know, all these like ADD, something like that. He says in his book that when he was going to school as a little boy, you had to take three vaccines. Now you have to take 16 vaccines and some of them multiple times for a total of 72 shots. He ties this back to 1989. He said all of this, this illness that we have, this chronic illness, started in 1989. Well, what happened back then? In 1986, Big Pharma went to the Reagan administration and to Congress and said, if you don't give us blanket immunity for side effects from vaccines, we're going to stop making vaccines because we can't handle the liability. And Reagan, Kennedy says as a little aside, Reagan said, well, why don't you just make them safe? <laughs> right? And they basically claimed, well, you can't. People are too different. There's always going to be liability. So our Congress gave him, gave the pharmaceutical guys, big pharma, complete blanket immunity to any side effects for vaccines. So what happened? They just launched all these vaccines and said, you've got to take this, you got to take this, you got to take this, because they actually say in their documents that vaccines are the only medicine they make that pays by failing. Because like the flu vaccine, right? That doesn't work that you have to take one every year because, oh, the flu the flu virus morphs into a different you know variation. And so keep taking it. How's that for a business model? That's what they're doing with COVID, right? So he then goes in this video and talks about, and I got to get the book, but then he just talks about how the NIH owns half of the Moderna patents. That members of the I, uh, NIH get royalties from these patents. And that's why all this stuff is being peddled. That's why. And so now they're all excited about these pills that Merck and, and, uh, and those guys are coming out, Pfizer coming out with in January that, well, if you don't have the vaccine and you get COVID, you know, you can take this within five days and it'll keep you out of the hospital and probably keep you from dying. Uh, a friend told me this week that there's a video out, which I haven't been able to find yet, where they look at that new Merck pill and the, the Pfizer pill and compare it to ivermectin at a molecular level. They're basically identical. But the Merck ivermectin, the Merck and Pfizer thing is $700 a, 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 you know, a, a treatment. You know, you have to take like pills five days or whatever, kind of like you know, when you take an antibacterial, you know, pack, a Z pack, right? $700 compared to ivermectin, which costs nothing. It's all about the money. This book is staggering. And so at least go to WeThePeopleConvention.org and watch this video, okay? It's, it's, it's nuts. It blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. So we're figuring this out, and it ain't good. I mean, it's like a global conspiracy to just make money, billions of dollars, by killing people. That's just the bottom line. John F. Kennedy Jr. says in the book that, you know, they killed hundreds of thousands of people by denying them ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and these other treatments that definitely work. And I believe that. 
And we're taking that stuff. Nan and I are taking that stuff. I know many of you are. And I don't have any concerns at all about, you know, the new you know, variant and all that stuff. I think our bodies are strong enough. And with these, you know, supplements, vitamin D3 and zinc and, and all that, that we can protect ourselves. We'll see. Maybe I'll die tomorrow. I don't know. But I, I'm not willing to be subject to what these guys are doing. And particularly after I watch this video and after I read this book, my God. So there's another story that came out this on Friday, and I wanted to bring this to your attention too, though, because it's, it's, it's important. So the story breaks, 80 Republicans vote for legislation that would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans. And this is in Breitbart, okay? So of course this comes up. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, what are Republicans doing, okay? And so let me read some of this to you. Um, Let's see. According, uh, 80 House Republicans voted with Democrats on Tuesday to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act. And does this create a national vaccine database or not? According to the bill, also called H.R. 550, government would provide $400 million in, 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 in tax dollars to fund immunization system, data modernization, and expansion, a system otherwise defined as a confidential population-based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within a geographic area covered by that database. Okay? So, technically, it, uh, the text specifically outlines an expansion of the CDC and public health department capabilities and the ability for state and local governments, as well as public and private healthcare providers, to share health data with the federal government. Okay? That's the text says. Uh, one of the people who voted no, a Republican, Mary Miller from Illinois, who was uh, who was one of the 130 Republicans who vote no, told Breitbart exclusively on Wednesday that the legislation would enable the federal government to track unvaccinated Americans who will be targeted and forced to comply with Biden's crazy global vaccination vision. Okay? Another one, uh, Representative Byron Donalds of Florida uh, voted no on the bill, citing Democrats' habitual pattern of reckless and wasteful spending uh, and the Congress has said the legislation only serves to expand the powers of the federal government and trample individual rights. Now, I've been working with these people in Congress and the Senate for 11 years. I got to tell you flat out, they are not the brightest bulbs in the lamp. Many, many of them are just go along to get along. They don't do their own research. They, they, Their staff controls them and they they just believe stuff that isn't true. I've literally been on the phone with congressmen ready to vote on things where I'm telling them things that we have researched and know to be true, and they're going to vote, and they have never heard of it. Okay? So what did I do? I contacted one of the congressmen who voted for it. All right? Who voted for it. Congressman Bill Johnson from Ohio, who I've had a, an 11-year relationship. I go, Bill. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Okay. So he sent back a document that says, Tom, it's not true. This does not create a national database. All it does is provide money to make the current state and local databases, which do not identify you individually, okay, more secure. 
So he sent me this document, which is in our you know story at wethepeopleconvention.org. If you go there and look at the articles, you know, where you'll see the 80 Republicans vote for this legislation. This document is at the bottom of that, so you can decide what is right or not. And, and, and it says the charge. This will create a federal database of vaccines for the federal government to track me. He says this bill ensures that existing systems are modernized and the information included in them is secured and kept private. This bill will not create a federal database. The charge was, it says this will make it easier for the government to track me. No. This bill simply modernizes existing state-based systems that use population-based de-identified information, meaning your personal information, and vaccinating status will not be accessible by the federal government. You know, and so that's the other side of the story. What what is true? Well, that's our problem. What the hell is true? It's you know, this is this is why I said to him, I said, how can you let Breitbart Put this out there when you're telling me nothing they're saying in their story is true. And he says, well, they don't they don't ask us for quotes. This is the problem that you and I have. We're looking for the truth. This show is about the truth. I will never lie to you. You can never lie to yourself, to, to your family, to your spouse, to anyone. We must have truth. Whether we like it or not, I'll, I'll take the bad news. Okay, tell me the truth, but but you gotta then also not spread rumors and lies, and and I and I, and I want to just take a side a second here to say something. Back in the January uh, the Justice for J Six rally, you know there were people writing to me and accusing me of being an FBI agent because I was telling people to go to the rally. Okay. And, and, and saying that it's an FBI setup and the FBI is going to surround the people that rally and just arrest them because don't you know, we're already communist China. Horse hockey. That's garbage. And I'm sick and tired of you, all of you guys who take these things that are things that upset us, like this 80 Republicans vote, you know, for this legislation and then blow it up to make everybody feel like crap. What's the point of that? There is no point to that. You're involved with fear porn. And you get a kick out of it. You want to be the first one to spread the bad news. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't spread the bad news. We need to know the truth. But you need to tone it down and look for some bloody facts before you just send this out from one source. We can't be like the left. We can't be propagandists. You watch this show because I tell you the truth. We dissect this stuff. That's important. We can't succeed if we're lying to ourselves. So let's be a little more careful. Now, what we're doing is working. How do I know? Wow, look at this. Trafalgar poll. President Biden's approval rating plummets to 36%. 36 percent now we've been seeing the polls for weeks and months you know about oh well biden you know 40 percent of the people support biden 42 45 we're like who the hell are these people 
Nobody's supporting Biden. My gosh, everything they've done is wrong from foreign policy with Afghanistan to immigration with the border to the economy with the, you know, the shutting down of our energy sector. That's where all the inflation's coming from, right? To, to COVID. We did a story last week. Joe Biden's killed more people than died during Trump's last year. And Trump didn't have a vaccine and he's got a vaccine supposedly, right? So they're failing miserably. So our question was, who the heck thinks he's doing a good job? The answer is not many, and thank goodness for that. So here's the details. They released a poll on Monday, showed that Biden's approval rating was 36.3%, with his disapproval rating at 59.1%. That's huge, okay? Because you can have an approval rating of 36%, but you can have a lot of people who aren't sure. Only 4.6% of the people aren't sure. Wake up. Watch this show. Most notably, with independent voters, only 29.3% approve. 29% of independent voters. And folks, that's the majority. Most people aren't Republicans and Democrats. The majority don't want anything to do with either party, and we understand why. 62% disapprove. Even among Democrats, only 65% approve. Who the hell are those dumbasses? Anyway, and 31% disapprove. Our survey showed 89.7% of Republicans disapprove of Biden's performance, while 8.2% said they approve. Okay? Well, why, why is this happening? Like I said, they're wrong about everything, but it's not, it's not just being wrong. You can be wrong. Trump wasn't right about everything. I'm not right about everything. We're humans. We can be wrong. But it's one thing to be wrong. It's another thing to be a bold-faced liar, okay? And that's why his approval ratings are at 36%, because he's lying to you. You want proof? You want the truth? Here's the truth. You'll love this. Biden regime intentionally lies to American people about shipping fix, okay? So remember, we've talked about this. Why aren't there goods on the shelves? There's not goods on the shelves because there's hundreds of ships. There's a hundred ships off of the California coast who can't unload. Why can't they unload? Because the California EPA passed a law that said, or rule that they call a law in California, that truck drivers who pick up the freight and take it around the country have to meet these unbelievably strict emission standards on their trucks which means that only trucks that were bought in the last three years can take the freight and drive through California to deliver it to Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio, and all these other states, okay? That's why these ships are off the coast, all right? So the Biden people go, well, we're going to address this, don't you know? So here's what they did. Folks, again, you want proof? I'm, I'm, I'm about the truth, okay? By one measure, the number of container ships stuck waiting offshore of Los Angeles and Long Beach has plummeted. The long jam, log jam hit a peak of 86 container ships offshore on November 16th, according to data from the Marine Exchange of Southern California. A week later, it was a mere 61, the lowest since October. Problem solved? Far from it. The, the waiting container ships are still out there, more of them than ever. It's just that they they move over the horizon where you can't see them thanks to the successful implementation of a new queuing system that began last week. 
The overall flow of container ships and big picture backups has not changed, acknowledged the Marine Exchange of Southern California Executive Director Kip Lowett. The new queuing plan was rapidly adopted. It was designed to sharply reduce the number of container vessels waiting just offshore with the stated goal of, get this, cutting harmful emissions and enhancing safety during the winter months by spacing out the ships. A more cynical view has emerged that the unstated goal is to erase a politically troublesome photo op, attention-grabbing imagery of idle container ships stretching off into the distance. So what did they do? They didn't fix anything. They, they put in a rule claiming that these ships were creating pollution and therefore they need to move over the horizon, okay? So you can't see a picture of all of them together and Joe Biden actually goes on TV, looks you in the face and said, we've, we've cut the number of ships dramatically waiting to unload and there's more coming. That's why he's at 36%. He's a damned, lying, communist, anti-American fraud, okay? And these stories, which you know you can share this podcast so people get it, are what makes him have only 36%. And so this is manifesting itself, and I said, they're losing in the courts all over the place, right? So, you know, we just had the, the uh, mandate for healthcare workers and contractors get stayed. We had the OSHA thing stayed. We had the drilling offshore, um, you know, ruling executive order stayed. We've had the illegal, uh, the deportion of illegal aliens by DHS stayed. Okay. We're, we're winning all over. So what's happened? Well, their build back broke plan, right? Which is the one thing we definitely have to stop. Ways and Means Chair Neal suggests Biden plans may drag into 2022. That's what we need done, okay? House Ways and Means Chair Richard Neal told reporters Wednesday that he is skeptical work on the tax and spend legislation will be done by Christmas. The deadline Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer set to pass the reconciliation package. Uh, Neil said lawmakers have a number of issues that need to be addressed first, including the debt limit, which he described as an immediate fuse that needs to be extinguished. The Treasury Department has warned that it could exhaust its ability to cover the federal government's debt obligations as soon as December 15th if Congress doesn't act. And they acted this week. The foolish Republicans let them off the hook again, but again, only until February. And they're doing it because it's politically expedient for them. Okay, let's just be clear about that. Republicans understand they're going to win big next year and they don't want to blow it. So they're not going to give the Democrats anything that they can hold against them. Though we're going to talk about some things that I'm, I'm concerned about. All right. But that's why all of you who watch this uh, podcast and are members of the WeThePeopleConvention.org, and if you go to our, our, our front page of our website, you, and, and, and you'll see, you know, get our newsletters, put in your email address and your phone number right there on the front page because we do things that you have to act quickly. So we sent out a text on Monday asking people to call West Virginia Senator Manchin and, and Arizona Senator Cinema and say, stand strong. Don't vote for this bad Green New Deal plan, which basically turns America into a socialist country, okay? They are holding strong. Manchin came out again this week, very strong. 
You made those calls. Thank you. They make a difference. I know you get frustrated. People write to me, oh, they don't listen and this and that. Okay. All right. But you still have to make the calls because we're building up this whole, you know, idea, you know, of, of, you know, the people are watching you and, and this is what we want. So don't buy this that it doesn't matter. It does matter. It makes a difference. And you gotta, you gotta keep making the calls. So thank you for acting. Again, we talked last week about the Biden administration. Uh, the regime is going to reinstate the Remain in Mexico policy this week. Okay? And that's a big win. Because now, and I talked to you last week about how insane these people are because they, uh, they, the, the illegal immigrants who come to the United States, they aren't even testing them for COVID or making them, you know, uh, get vaccinated. But now with this Remain in Mexico policy, they're going to take our tax dollars and they're going to make us, okay, vaccinate them before they go back to Mexico to remain in Mexico. Oh my gosh, it's just disgusting. But the point is, we're slowing down. They've let 1.7 million illegals in and we got to take care of that. We got to get them out of here, but at least we're slowing it down because we're winning in the courts, okay? That's what's important. Now, but all of this, you know, why is this important to you, right? Because, you know, again, if you're a healthcare worker, it's important to you because your job's at stake. If you're a federal contractor or your business gets government, you know, uh, you know, jobs, you know, it's important to you because you're not going to lose those, those, uh, you know, that income, right? But it's also important to us in a bigger level because of our national security. Okay. Joe Biden. When you get 36% approval rating in your country, what does everyone in the world know that he's weak? And we've talked about the hypersonic missiles from China. We've talked about the Russia just did a test of shooting down a satellite because if there's war with us, the way to blind us is to shoot down our satellites. This week, Russia announced that they began mass production of their Zircon hypersonic nuclear missile, which is too fast to block. It goes 6,670 miles per hour, and we have no defense against this, okay? That's why we're fighting so hard. That's why we've got to stop these policies that the Biden administration keeps imposing to destroy our country. That's why you got to go to work. That's why we got to get off the couch and fill these 10 million jobs and quit taking the government dole because we have to remain strong or we're going to have World War III. And I got news for you. I'm not confident we win because they've stolen all our technology. And, I, and stolen is maybe too, uh, too kind of a word because a lot of our technology, our own government has given to them. And so our relationship, and again, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, search on the little search icon and put in China and our Democrats in China, and you'll get a page where I show even this week that Biden administration officials are being paid off by the Chinese, and our military does nothing. Our CIA, our DOJ does nothing when we have administration of people. But Hunter Biden, the stories about Hunter Biden have gotten so ridiculous, it's hard to comprehend the amount of money the Chinese have paid him to get access to rare minerals and things. The Bidens are criminals. 
and they're in charge of our country. That's how serious this is. But it's not hopeless. And we're fighting and we're checking them. And the states have to remain strong. And, and, and fortunately, these Trump-appointed judges remain strong. And we're fighting back. Okay? And we got to hold on because next year we're going to elect a whole bunch of people and a lot of things are going to change. But we'll talk about that at the end of the program with our contract with 2022 candidates because we got to fix some things with that. But speaking of Trump judges and things, the other big story that affects you this week is the Roe versus Wade basically being overturned possibly by the Supreme Court. Okay? So I want to talk to you a little bit about this because I think people get it wrong. All right? So let me just start at the top. Whether the Supreme Court rules, and they're not going to rule until June to overthrow, overturn Roe v. Wade, which is the federal law that makes a women's right to have abortion, okay, which is a completely bogus law, and the reason why they're probably going to rule to overturn Roe, or certainly greatly diminish, diminish it, because there's nothing in the Constitution that gives a woman a right to kill a baby in their body. There's nothing, okay? But let me make this clear. Whether they overthrow Roe or not, it won't end abortion. Because the whole premise of this thing was that when they passed Roe v. Wade, they took away states' rights. It was a state's issue. Your state could say, we don't allow abortion. California could say, we do. That's a state's rights issue. Okay? So, it's going to happen when they overturn Roe v. Wade, is it's going to go back to the states. So the red states are going to have much more stringent abortion laws and New York and California are going to keep in, you know, the laws that allow them to abort a baby up to two minutes before they're born. So what's going to happen is, and, and this was a story in the Federalist you know, that I'm, I'm talking about here, okay, that is saying that there's the Family Policy Alliance and other groups are already talking about what they're going to do after Roe, which is that they're going to organize at the state level. It says no matter what happens with Dobbs, which is the Mississippi case the Supreme Court is ruling on, we are confident of two things. Roe's time is short, and pro-lifers across the country need to prepare for that coming reality now. Meridian Balcardi, Director of Strategy for Family Policy Alliance, told the Federalists, but a reversal of Roe by the Supreme Court would not automatically outlaw abortion across the country either. It's basically going to be up to us to then work in the states to end abortion. So this is important to us because first, we need to become a moral nation. And you can't be killing millions of babies and be a moral nation. It's important to us because of the money spent, okay, that goes to Planned Parenthood and these people that fund Democratic candidates who impose all this communist stuff on us, okay? So it's important to you because getting rid of abortion, getting rid of Roe v. Wade will help defund some of our biggest enemies, okay? But I just want you to be clear that the fight will continue, but we are clearly winning. All every study shows, even young people, because of you know uh, the the clarity of imaging now of babies in the womb, people can see that it's a baby, not it's not a blob, 
And that didn't exist in, in this, you know, when Roe v. Wade was passed 50 years ago. Okay? So even young people are against, you know, abortion because they've got other ways to prevent themselves from getting pregnant. And it's a personal responsibility. But don't be, you know, confused by this because it's not going to end abortion in America, unfortunately. That's going to be a longer fight. Okay. We're going to take a break uh, for, before we go to the second half of the show. I hope you've enjoyed the first half. I said before many times, when you're consuming things like this, the only way to get it in long-term memory is to pause and think a few minutes about what was said. So you can pause at any time during the show. Just hit the pause button on the, on the player and think about it. Go back and replay it. But, but make sure that you consume it in a way that you get it. Otherwise, you're going to be done with the show and not remember anything. And that's not why we do this. Because you need to go out and tell other people about these things. Tell them the truth and help them understand why we're doing what we're doing. How this is defending and protecting our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. Okay? So we'll be back for the second half in a minute. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, I'm back, and thank you for being with us uh, for the second half of the show. We're going to get into some things that, uh, again, talk about, you know, what's going on with our freedom and liberty and prosperity. Now, if you remember, you know, uh, right after Kyle Rittenhouse was found innocent, this uh, black gentleman, Daryl Brooks, who's basically, you know, been charged with murder, uh, you know, drove his vehicle through a parade uh, in Wisconsin uh, killing six and injuring 62. There's been almost zero news coverage of this. The media on the left, it doesn't fit their narrative. See, Kyle Rittenhouse was a white nationalist, you know, uh, you know t- a terrorist who killed Black Lives Matter protesters, except none of the Black Lives Matter protesters he killed were black. They were white. He's not a white supremacist. They looked at his phone. He went through a whole trial, and they still won't accept that. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But with this guy, right, a black guy who posted black nationalist things on his Twitter page, did rap songs about hating whites, okay, talked about running people over with a vehicle previously, ran over his girlfriend, with the car a couple days before this, was released by the lefty Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office for $1,000 bail when he has a 50-page-long rap sheet of all kinds of crimes, okay? No, we're not going to cover that. We're not going to cover that. But this week, unfortunately, we have a, a young person in Michigan who goes and does a school shooting. Michigan school shooting suspect Ethan Crumbly charged with terrorism and murder. 
The 15-year-old recorded videos the night before the shooting in which he talked about shooting and killing students, according to law enforcement. Ethan Crumbly uh, was accused of opening fire at the Michigan High School, pleaded not guilty on Wednesday to one count of terrorism causing death, four counts of first-degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to murder, and 12 counts of possession of firearms in the commission of a felony. The sophomore is being charged as an adult, allegedly fired more than 30 rounds into the hallway of Oxford High School on Tuesday, shortly before 1 p.m., killing four students and wounding seven others, including a teacher. And now we've just heard that his parents are going to be charged because he, the father had just bought the gun on Black Friday, uh, you know, the, the sale after Thanksgiving that he used in the shooting. They're going to be charged as accessories to the murder, Right. But here's the, what is important to you. What's the difference? Okay? Look at this graphic. This guy killed four people and injured 12 using a gun and was immediately charged with domestic terrorism. This other guy killed six and injured 62 with his car by running over white people at a Christmas parade and has not been charged with domestic terrorism at all. There you have it, right in your face, the unequal justice under the law. Okay? Unequal justice under the law. And so I've talked to you about this, that we have to speak out and we have to speak the truth. I read you our press release last week and I decided to spend your donations, several thousands of dollars of your donations to run this ad in the Washington Times this Wednesday, the day that communists, that the uh, Congress communist slip of a tongue, yeah, the Congress came back in the session. And the ad headline says, WTPC calls on A.G. Garland and DOJ to investigate Waukesha, Wisconsin murderers as a terrorist attack and a hate crime. Okay? Now, I'm not going to read you the whole ad because I read it to you last week, but basically it's our press release. It says, um, you know, Tom Zawistowski, president of the Ohio-based Tea Party-affiliated We the People Convention, called on U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to order the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division to investigate the murders and injuries inflicted in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Sunday, November 21st, as a hate crime, and to order the DOJ Counterterrorism Division to investigate the event as a domestic terrorist attack by an admitted black nationalist. Okay? And then we, pr we proceed to say, we, we give the proof, Right? The guy, the guy clearly committed a terrorist attack. But because he's black, they don't want to charge him. And he definitely committed a hate crime, right? A hate crime is a criminal offense against a person or property motivated in whole or in part by an offender's bias against race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, ethnicity, gender, or gender identity. Okay? It is clear that this guy ran these people over because he said he was upset by the Rittenhouse decision and he wanted to kill white people. That's a hate crime by definition, okay? And so we demanded that they charge it. Now, if you say to me, well, Tom, you know, they're not, they're not going to do this, but that's okay. We need to stick it in their face, okay? In their newspaper that gets delivered to every House member of Congress's office, to every agency in D.C., to all the media outlets, and to uh, the White House and the executive branch, okay? We wanted this ad in their place. Why? We wanted them to understand that we aren't buying their lies, okay?
We're not buying that only white people create hate crimes. It doesn't say anything in that definition of hate crimes that says only white people can commit hate crimes. It says that if you kill people because of your ra their race, you're committing a hate crime. So we got a gift, guys, and I'm going to show this to you. And, and, and you know, hopefully you are watching on Roku TV or, or on uh, Amazon Fire TV or on your computer, so you can really see this. But when they put the ad in the Washington Times in both the paper, uh, the physical paper and the digital edition, they actually put our ad right next to the Jesse Smollett story. You can't make it up, folks. How beautiful is that? There you can see it right on your screen. There's Jesse Smollett's picture and there's Daryl Brooks' picture, right? And so why is that so funny? Well, because Jesse Smollett... It's the fake hate crime, right? He's the guy who said Trump MAGA supporters beat him up and they were two Nigerian black guys that he paid to beat him up because there's so little hate in America that they have to make it up. And then here's our ad saying when there is hate, it's not by whites exclusively, it's by blacks and you hypocrites won't even charge them. It was beautiful. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. It was serendipity, okay? But I thought we got more than our money's worth, folks, because then that ad ran, and Tucker Carlson did a piece about this, and other media outlets picked it up and talked about that, why isn't this guy being charged with a hate crime? Why isn't he being charged with a terrorist? Why isn't the DOJ investigating? Right? And in our ad, it says right at the bottom of our ad, it says... A.G. Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Director of DOJ Civil Rights Division Kirsten Clark are on trial right now. Uh, do you stand for equal justice under the law or as you profess, or are you just political actors who do not follow the law and only use it to target the political enemies on the left? Your actions in this case will expose the truth. If you do not act, then every Republican in Congress would be right to call for a full investigation of your anti-white bias. There it is. I'm proud of the fact that we had the resources to do this thanks to you. Thank you for giving us this ability. And I'm proud of the fact that we spoke the truth to power, stuck it right in their face. It may not make a difference today, but it will make a difference down the road, okay? Because we're telling the truth, and that's important. So it was also interesting, you know, because after Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty, on all charges, you know, there was all this, you know, hue and cry of, you know, he's still a white nationalist. He's still a racist. You know, we, we saw the surveys where, like, most of the people on the left thought he shot black people. Nothing they said was true. N not about carrying a gun across state lines, being too young to own a gun, went to Kenosha to kill people, you know, everything. The guy who had a trial, they, wanted, they don't even want to acknowledge that. Right? As a matter of fact, and it's so evident because uh, he said in, in an interview with Tucker Carlson, which I thought was a mistake, he said, well, after, you know, after your, this trial, what do you want to do? He said, well, I got accepted at Arizona State University. I want to go to the college. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's great. So now they're going to set it all up to stop him, right? So what do we see at Arizona State College? Uh, we see protesters this week saying, no room for white supremacists here at you know, ASU. Now, here's the key. Here's the key. 
We talked about it in the last couple weeks that there's clear evidence that, that Kyle Rittenhouse can sue big media for slander, for defaming him, for calling him a white supremacist. Even the Biden campaign may be subject to that. But Kyle Rittenhouse needs to take the money that he's gotten from our donations. And yes, I did donate. Nan and I did donate to his defense. Okay? He now needs to take it. And those students who are protesting at ASU, they need to be identified. He needs to sue every one of them. You can't. We just had a trial proving he's not a white supremacist. So now for you to come out and call him one in public and try to deny him the ability to go to college, which is the damages, sue the hell out of them. Get them thrown out of ASU. That's how you fight back, Kyle. That's how you fight back. And this is an example of fighting back. After that, the, the, uh, the, the guy, the black guy runs down all the white people in the parade, this moron, Mary Lamonsky, who works for the Democratic Party, trolled Kyle Rittenhouse. She said it was probably just defense, self-defense in a tweet at Wisconsin, at uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. A photo provided to Heavy by Witness shows a driver of an SUV that plowed into a Christmas parade in Wisconsin, killing multiple people and injuring more than 20. The suspect is in custody, and she's saying, oh, it was probably self-defense. Ha ha, yuck, yuck. Yeah, she got fired. We are deeply saddened by the tragedy in Waukesha, Wisconsin, said the DuPage Democrats where she worked. She's a social media director of the Democratic Party of DuPage County, Illinois. This lady... This horrible person, okay, who celebrates six white people being killed and 62 injured by a madman committing a terrorist act. She's going to celebrate that and say, oh, it was just self-defense because she didn't have the cognitive ability to see the truth in a trial. She didn't take the time to watch the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So the DuPage Democrats said, we are deeply saddened by the tragedy in Waukesha. We are aware of statements made by a former member of our organization and find them to be incredibly insensitive and not in alignment of who we are as an organization. Our organization does not support hate in any form. You want to bet this woman was their social media director? You think they had hate for Donald Trump? You think she posted anything against Donald Trump? You think they fired her for doing that? Hell no. They're liars. They're hypocrites. They fired her because she crossed the line too far. But that doesn't mean you're virtuous. It means you're corrupt. So we are glad to see that. Make them pay. All of us. Make them pay. Whether it's your school board, whether it's your city officials, whether it's any Democrat who's pushing the communist agenda, make them pay. They try to make us pay, but I, I wanted to share this story with you guys to wrap this segment up because it's important. Many of you are afraid because the left, who was it, Jerry Nadler, I think, that moron, said that the DOJ should investigate bringing charges against Kyle Rittenhouse because, of course, you know, the trial wasn't fair. Yeah, legal experts drop bad news on those hoping for a civil rights prosecution against Rittenhouse. By all evidence, the jury in Kenosha correctly followed the law in Wisconsin. Uh, in Wisconsin, Constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley wrote in a Fox News opinion article that Nadler's personal distaste for self-defense does not change the laws as they are written. 
Rittenhouse was acquitted of state charges by a state jury, the George Washington University professor wrote. Moreover, while some have called for reducing self-defense protections, the jury applied the law as it currently appears on the books. It is not allowed to simply ignore the law to seek our own criminal justice rules, Democrats, lefty, mindless communists. In addition, truly suggests that the federal government would be threatening the justice system if it investigated jury decisions with no evidence of malpractice. The Rittenhouse jury faithfully applied the Wisconsin law and came to a well-founded verdict of acquittal, he wrote. It is a dangerous precedent to investigate jury decisions simply because you disagree with their decisions. The Justice Department could theoretically bring criminal charges against Rittenhouse for allegedly violating the civil rights of Rosenbaum, Huber, and Grosskreitz, but there is no reason to think it would be successful, according to both Truly and Cornell Law School professor William Jacobson. There is no obvious bias for a civil rights prosecution against Rittenhouse, Jacobson told the Washington Examiner. The videos are the videos, and the testimony already is under oath from witnesses and the alleged victim, alleged victim Gage Grushkrotz, and therefore, there's no way they can bring charges against Kyle Rittenhouse. So again, let your heart be, you know, still, we are winning Despite the propaganda, despite you, some of you who like to send out all this stuff that we're always losing, you watch this show because we try to give you balance. We are winning and we're going to win even more because we are better than our enemies. Okay. But now here's an example. And I put this out there. This is an important story. Congressman Gates exonerated after deep state hit job drives him off of Fox and other media with lies. Okay, so you guys, you know, probably know the story, right? It's, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but a Florida businessman, Stephen Alford, pleaded guilty in federal court last week for attempting to extort $25 million from Representative Matt Gates' family in exchange for making an as yet unproven allegation of sexual impropriety against the congressman disappear. Basically, this clown who was tied to the DOJ has had would claim that Matt Gates was sex trafficking. Okay. And this got Fox News to take him off the air. This image I'm showing you was the last interview that Matt Gates did with Tucker Carlson, where Carlson basically said, Well, you're sure you're you're being accused of sex trafficking. What do you have to say? And Gates defended himself, said, This is ridiculous. That's not true, and I'll prove it's not true. Yeah, but Tucker never had him on again. That was their goal. Just like what they did with Bill O'Reilly and with, with Glenn Beck, right? And this is a problem. And, th and that's why, you know, I tried to keep, and I put some, I just put a Gates video up on our website in our video section where he was interviewing Jim Jordan because he's a fighter. He's fighting for us. So you've got to make sure, go to Rumble and search for Matt Gates' uh, podcast. And watch it. It's a great podcast. This is one of the guys who's fighting for us. And you should give the money to Matt Gates and to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay? These are the people that they want to shut up. Why? Because they're effective. We can't let them make us pay. We got to make them pay. And so this story, which a lot of people got excited about this week, was that CNN took Mar uh, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, off the air after text messages to his brother's top aide were released by the New York Attorney General's office. He's acted totally inappropriately, and he was doing it for months. He was carrying his brother's water in his sexual assault cases, 
It was horrible what he was doing. And it was more horrible what CNN was letting him do. And so now they're talking about they suspended him, they didn't fire him, and that they may bring him back after the first of the year. But I told you that CNN is being bought by Warner Brothers. And the guy who's in charge is going to be in charge of CNN wants to get rid of all their on-air talent and make them what they once were, which was a news organization. No opinion, just news. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think CNN's coming back. That's a big win for us. And you know why they're not coming back? Because we did such a great job of exposing them as the liars and frauds that they are that they only have like 600,000 viewers on a given night out of a country of 330 million people. That's why Warner Brothers is going to change directions because it's not making any money. Okay? Good job for us. Okay. Now, this section, uh, two little stories. Portland teachers, okay, the union says that they should use self-taught Fridays to reduce teacher burnout. Self-taught Fridays. Amid staffing shortages in schools across Oregon, Portland's teachers union is seeking to turn one of the five school days into an asynchronous instructional day in which high school students would stay at home and do schoolwork while receiving limited online instruction, as in no online instruction, as in we poor teachers are so overworked and, and so understaffed that we can only work four days a week, okay? Citing an unprecedented staffing crisis, the Portland Association of Teachers on Monday proposed that any eight-day uh, period Eight-period day, which typically falls in the fifth school of the week, should be converted into an asynchronous instruction day. During those days, teachers can use three hours to help students online and use the remainder of the day as the educator-directed planning time, meaning not teaching. For students in pre-K-12 grades, the union suggests that each week should include one two-hour student early release or late arrival day. The union also proposed two additional planning days and one professional development day immediately following winter break for high schools. Folks, I got news for you. Our, my, our, my wife, Nam, worked in, a, in the city schools here in Kent, okay? For years, there's been a four-day school week. They, they, I mean, they have so many excuses for, for teachers' conferences, for in-service days, you know, all these holidays, all this stuff. The big point here is, they're failing you. They're not teaching your kids. They don't give a damn about your kids. We must take government education and turn it into a free market system. I've been talking to you guys who ran for school board, who supported people who ran for school board. The bottom line is you must get rid of the teachers' unions. They are corrupt. They don't care about your kids at all. They only care about the money they're stealing from you. Okay? And they're making more and more money every year to work less and less hours. Okay? They only work 186 days a year as it is. And they're complaining they're overworked. How many days do you work? Yeah, over 300. Okay? But they're the enemy. We need to go to vouchers. Okay? We need to have you as a parent have whatever money your state feels you have to pay to get educated, and you need to hire teachers a la carte to teach your kids because you'll pick teachers who really teach 
And those teachers will be motivated to teach because they won't get paid unless they do. No unions. Okay? It's time. They're giving us the opportunity by showing how corrupt they are. Take it. Fight. Call your state legislators. This is your ask for this week. Call your state legislators, House and Senate, and say, we want parental freedom. Not just, you know, we can send our kids to a private school because they still take your taxes. So now you pay property taxes and you have to pay tuition to a, a, a private school, right? No, no, we don't want that. Your money should follow you. If you don't go to the state school, you shouldn't have to pay, all right? We want the money to go to you. Call your House and Senate members and say, we want vouchers. When are you going to give us parental freedom? Clearly, these schools are not in our best interest. That's the ask for this week. Okay. This story is followed by another story that's a good story. 62 House Republicans back bill promoting high school education for the dangers of communism. About time. Okay? Yeah, you think this might be a good idea? How about you should have done it 30 years ago? Anyway, introduced to uh, Thursday by Representative Maria Elvira Salazar from Florida, the Crucial Com Communism Teaching Act has a goal to ensure high school students in the United States learn that communism has led to the deaths over, of over 100 million uh, victims worldwide. Understand the dangers of communism and similar political ideologies and understand that 1.5 billion people still are suffering today under communism. If passed as is, the CCT Act would ask the nonprofit Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation to develop a curriculum featuring a comparative discussion about how ideolo ideolo ideologies such as communism and totalitarianism are in conflict with the principles of freedom and democracy that are essential to the founding of America. Okay, and then once they developed the curriculum, they would share it with these schools. Okay, now that's kind of like what the 1776 project was doing, right? That Trump organized, and they are still active and they are working, okay, to put together a curriculum and get schools to follow it, you know, particularly history teachers. So this is a good idea, but, but it's not enough. You can't leave the schools in control of the commies and expect them to teach your kids the, the, that communism is bad. You can't do that, okay? So, nice try, too late, I'm not impressed. Which brings us to our contract with President Trump and the 2022 presidential candidates, okay? Last week, I put this out to you guys for the first time. You could go, you know, to our webpage, and, you know, there's a link right on the front page or in the, in the podcast page, you can see a link where you could actually download a PDF of the contract. And I got some great feedback from you guys, but not as much as I thought. And I knew during the holiday, there would be less people seeing the podcast because you were busy. And that was, I understand that. And that was great. Okay. But I did get some feedback that I want to talk to you about because there was one specific point that I really needed to clarify. And I've made some changes to the contract. It isn't posted yet, but it'll be posted uh, by today, Saturday, uh, you know, no November 4th, or December 4th, okay? But here's the deal. Um, it's interesting that many times we've been out in front of things, okay? And then people say, that's a crazy idea. And, and after a few months or even a year, people started saying, well, we agree with that. So I found it interesting that the new head of the Freedom Caucus came out and suggested 
that Republicans need to take pledges to take specific actions. So I put this story at wethepeopleconvention.org. It says this, one way House Republicans can distinguish themselves in next year's races is to pledge to impeach Attorney Merrick Garland if they take Congress. The incoming chairman of the House Freedom Caucus says congressional Republicans must create a clear agenda and messaging in the 2222 election. No kidding. That's what we're saying. Okay? To overcome voter perceptions that there's little difference between establishment parties in an uh, era of freewheeling spending and large government. No kidding. He said, we need to be in contact with more individual citizens in every single district in every state, bringing the message to them so that they understand the difference there is and that there is a true difference between Democrats and Republicans, said Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, who is the new head of the Freedom Caucus. A lot of people say, well, look, there's not a dime's worth of difference between Republicans and Democrats. And you know this, John, when it comes to the establishment cartel in Washington, they can't stop spending taxpayer money. There's some truth to that, he acknowledged, adding that we should be here to say, just do what you said you were going to do, Jim Jordan's book. One way House Republicans can distinguish themselves in next year's race is to pledge to impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland if they take control of Congress, showing voters there will be an overall of the Justice Department after years of politicization and prosecutorial overreach ranging from the Russia collusion probe to the targeting of parents protesting school board meetings. Yeah, but we, the People Convention, agree, but feel that Representative Perry, his ideas don't go nearly far enough. And, and that's why we have our contract with the 2020 candidates, right, that you were able to download. It's not enough to say we're going to impeach Merrick Garland. That doesn't change the institution, right? What we say and what has to be done, and there's a national consensus of this. Polls support this, okay? And we say we uh, we pledge, let's see, this is our point number... Number seven, I pledge to vote to completely defund and eliminate the corrupt Federal Bureau of Investigation and assign all of its critical functions to the U.S. Marshal Services to repeal the Patriot Act and to eliminate the corrupt FISA courts. That's how you institutionalize the, 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 the things that we want to do. You get rid of the FBI. You don't get rid of Der- Merrick Garland. We can get rid of Merrick Garland with, with, by electing the right people. We have to fix the system. Getting rid of the Patriot Act defangs them, okay? Getting rid of the FISA courts, you know, takes away a weapon they're using against us. That's why we've got to pass this contract. We've got to get this signed and elect people who will sign this contract. Now, one of the areas that I got feedback from that I was very surprised by, and, and it made me clarify it, was point number eight. And I had said in point number eight, I pledge to vote to implement legislation similar to the Communist Control Act of 1954 to make it a crime to be a member of uh, or supporter of any organization that promotes communism, Marxism, socialism, or any other anti-American ideology. Now, people wrote to me and said, no, we're America. That's free speech. You can't do that. That would be wrong. And I wrote back and said, Excuse me, that's not free speech. Just like yelling fire in a theater is not free speech, and a lot more people were killed by communism than the fires in theaters. So I said, I added a sentence to this. I said, organizing to overthrow the U.S. government is not free speech, 
It is sedition and must be treated as such as was done in 1954. Black Lives Matter says on its website their goal is to overthrow the U.S. government. The Communist Party USA says their goal is to overthrow the U.S. government. That's not free speech. That's sedition. Don't give me this crap about free speech. We got to quit being stupid and go look. And I linked it. If you download the PDF, there's little links in here that you can actually go read the Communist Control Act of 1954 and see that they actually prosecuted people for this until there was a ruling in the court that said that it violated free speech in an election situation. That can be handled when they redo this 1954 uh, Communist Control Act of 1954. So here's the deal. We're going to, we've written an article. I've taken an article, you know, the, there's a page on the website where you can, you know, look at, you know, this. If you go to the website, wepeopleconvention.org, you'll see our page, okay, that says what the GOP must deliver to us if we return them to power. It's not enough. Uh, to elect Republicans in 2022, uh, you know, they must agree in advance to do these things that will make a change before we vote for them. Now, in that page, there's a longer explanation, okay? And so I've shortened that dramatically, pretty much cut it in half, and we're going to try to get an article, you know, placed in the Federalist or Town Hall or one major website. And then we've actually had a Congress candidate sign the contract, and there are several others I believe I can get to sign the contract. So we're going to have this story run. Then we're going to do a press release that we'll release nationally to the media that says we've put out this contract and we've got these candidates that have already signed it. And then we're going to go and pay money to be get booked on radio shows all over the country to talk about our contract, okay, and why the things that are in it are in it, and get this discussion going. And then we're hopefully going to have people going to our websites, downloading the contract, putting it in front of people running for Senate and Congress, you know, in the House, in their state, and getting them to sign them and submitting them to us so that we can then give them to President Trump and say, these are the candidates in this House race, in this state, these are the Senate candidates in this state who have signed the agreement. And if you look at the, you know, the field and you look at their ability to, to run a good campaign and whether you can support them, President Trump, if you will endorse them, sign this contract, okay, and we'll make it public. He will make it public that this candidate has his endorsement because they agree with these policies and he believes they're the best candidate. And then you got to get out and work like how to elect them in the primary, we must elect warriors in the primary, not rhinos. How do you separate them? How do you know who the warriors are, who the rhinos are? You put this in front of them and see what they do. That's what you do. Do not think for a second this is going to be a smooth ride. Do not think for a second we are not going to be ridiculed, attacked from every law professor who's going to say, this is illegal, they can't sign a contract, they just they can sign it, they just won't do it. It doesn't matter. We want to have this discussion. We want to force this discussion. 
As I said to you, yeah, in the past, they could pledge anything. Once they're elected, they don't have to do it. It's not a legally binding contract, and we're not claiming that. But you know what we got now? We got leverage that we've never had because this contract isn't just to elect them. This contract is to unelect them when they lie to you like a damn Democrat. That's what this is about. This isn't just to elect them. It's to unelect them because Congress is only for two years. Okay? So they can say, oh, I'll sign that and then not vote for it. Yeah, we're going to keep a scorecard. And you're going to know whether they voted for it or not. And then they're going to get primaried in 2024 and we'll see what happens. Okay? So that's the plan. You understand it. You got to help me execute it because right now, I don't think there's anything more important in the country than to have that discussion. What the hell do we have to do to fix this, right? That's what's in that document. President Trump acknowledged that when he read it and said, I don't disagree. Others are saying we need to make a pledge. The Republicans need to get their shit together and stand for something. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have a plan. And having a plan is always better than not having a plan because we're at war. These people are trying to destroy us and we've got to be willing and able to destroy them. And you can't do that without a plan. All right, that wraps up our show for this week. We sure appreciate you you know, listening uh, to the show and watching. If you have any comments about the show, if you have any ideas, any you know, things you think I should be aware of that I haven't discussed, you know, go to write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Tell people about this podcast. That's the most critical thing. We're, we are on, we're on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on, uh, we're on, uh, Rumble TV uh, on, on the internet. Uh, we're on your Rumble TV uh, and on the internet. We're on uh, um, uh, Amazon Fire TV. You can watch it right on your TV screen. Just go to the apps and download it. And if you don't know how to do any of that stuff, just go to our front page. Okay. And there's a big yellow button on the front page about the podcast. It tells you how to get our podcast all kinds of different ways so that you can share it with people. Okay. That's the critical thing. We need people on our side, on our team, fighting for us. Okay? All right. Thank you for watching. Thanks for telling other people about it. Thanks for acting to call your house, your, your state, Senate, and House members about getting vouchers for your schools. Thanks for calling Cinema and Mansion. Keep doing that. We cannot let them pass this bogus Green New Deal, which will socialize our country. Keep fighting, keep acting in defense of your freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and we'll be back next week. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and this is the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast.